It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And it's time for the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, May twenty second, 2014. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you. You sound better tonight. I'm better. I'm all better. All right. We're ready to go and ready to hear from you at 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. You're watching us live tonight. The chat room to the bottom of your video feed is up and running. We look forward to hearing from you there as well. Jeff is behind the controls. Jeff, welcome back to the program. Welcome back to town. Glad to have you here. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, the program tonight is going to be one that, uh, well, we're going to have to... Be- you know, we might not get... A- as big a listening audience as we hoped for because some people might be watching TV tonight. Well, that's true, and uh, that's that's what we want to talk <laughs> yeah, about. That's what we're going to talk and about. And we're going to be too. careful that uh, we, um, well, that we don't uh, get on too many soapboxes here because this is going to be this is going to be ripe with soapboxes. Yeah, uh, we actually dodged a bullet earlier today, Jacob. We had some major league internet service provider issues. Uh, and uh, luckily got those fixed before the program went on the air, and I think we're getting out in good form. If anybody has any issues, let us know. Uh, But we do want to talk about the evil influence of television tonight. We sent that message out to our update list earlier today at about noon today. We let you know what our topic was going to be, and we gave you some questions to begin seeking feedback on some some questions for discussion tonight. you're not on our update list, get there by sending us an email to questions at collegeview.com, and we'll put you on our update list, and you'll get this information every yes. Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked three questions. Number one, number one is a multi-part question that will take us most of the hour to discuss, yep. probably. Give your thoughts, comments, observations, and warnings about the influence of television in these areas. Loss of time, materialism, evil language, immorality, violence, and what I am going to have to probably explain later, Jacob, what I call the entertainment addiction. You're going to have to explain that one. Okay, we'll talk about okay. that. Number two, what things can you do to control the evil influence of TV in your home with your family? Mm-hmm. And number three, as a help in controlling te- television, what kinds of questions might a person ask himself before a program begins, while a program is airing, and after a program has ended? Okay. It's pretty straightforward stuff. I think that we, but I do think that as Christians, we've got to be realistic about TV Absolutely. and about its influence. I uh, came across a couple of articles that I'd had in our church bulletin a while back, Jacob, and I thought yeah. they sort of told the tale. Yes. Um, according to a recent report by the Lichter Rothman Group, 75% of all television programming is produced by about 700 people. Now, that's pretty amazing. The population of the United States is over 300 million, 330 million, something like that is the population of the United States. And so 700 people represents an almost infinitesimal fraction of the total population. Yeah. But they're controlling the vast majority. These 700 people are controlling the vast majority of what gets out over the television airwaves. Yeah. Now, a poll of their more. So take those 700 people. A poll of their moral beliefs reveals the following. 86% seldom or never attend church services. 86%. 84% believe that government should have no laws regarding sexual content on television. Wow. 55% do not believe that adultery is wrong. Mm. And so the question is, is it, is, it, is it any wonder that these seven people, 700 people are constantly attacking the moral values taught in the Bible yep. and frequently ridicule the beliefs of those who follow the Bible as their guide? And that Not it, too surprising. They're, they're non-believers. They're, they're anti-believers. They're against believers. They're immoral. And they are immoral people. They're de- degenerate. That's their agenda. Yes. And so that's, that, 
So they have this belief system completely contrary to our own, and they have an agenda to try and diminish our belief system and promote their own. And so is it little wonder the kind of trash that's on TV? And we hope that uh, television will somehow clean itself up, that uh, we can somehow insist someday that it's going to be all right, that we can watch television and not have to worry about it. When 86% of them never or seldom go to church, 84% believe the, law should have, the government should make no laws regarding sexual conduct. Content, I think, content. Was it conduct? Conduct. Or conduct? conduct. 55% don't believe it's yeah. – and we think – that, that it's going to be all right. We can just watch television yeah. without any concerns. Here's another article. This is this uh, is from the uh, Associated Press, I believe it is. P- uh, the title of the little article was Pediatricians Rap TV's Influence. American Academy of Pediatrics says parents need to change children's TV viewing habits. Doctors say TV has violence, sex, and poor role models. Dr. William Diaz says TV encourages obesity, violent behavior, teen sexuality, and alcohol use. He goes on to say, quote, broadcasters are doing little to rectify this, so major changes will have to come from home. And I believe that's the key we are going to stress as we as we talk about this in our program. It's going to have to be taken care of at our at our level because we're not going to be able to take care of it at the at the network level at the at at the producer's level, at Hollywood level. We're not going to control it there. All right. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. It is bad. It is getting worse. Uh, Dad, uh, I, we, I mean, you don't – anybody who has their eyes open knows that it is getting worse. Yeah. I've told this story before. We're going to talk here in a minute, Jacob, about the evil, foul language that's on TV. But you talk, talk about a real – Contrast. I remember, and I think I probably even told this story on the virtual Bible study before. I remember when my dad thought that he heard a dirty word on television yeah. the first time ever. Yeah. Uh, and I, I can vividly remember him jumping up from his chair and going in the kitchen. Of course, we only had one t- one telephone, and it was in the kitchen. And he went into the kitchen, and he he got the phone book out, and he looked up the phone number for the local affiliate of that network and called the local television station to to uh, issue his protest at what he was pretty sure, he wasn't absolutely sure, but he's pretty sure he heard this dirty word on TV. Yeah. Now think about what would happen today if a person was going to call the television station every time he heard a dirty word on TV. He wouldn't, he wouldn't ever get off the telephone. No. Because the, the foul language is being spouted constantly. But that, that is just what you were suggesting about it doesn't take a, a, a brain surgeon to figure out that TV is getting a lot worse consistently. Now, I've got a, a report uh, from this is uh, this is old. This goes back to 2007. So and it's gotten worse since 2007, uh, seven years ago now. Unfortunately, time is flying. Only in 2007, they were they studied primetime television, and of the programs that they studied, only 10.8% were free of any violent and sexual conduct or foul language. Only 10% of primetime television in, shows in 2007 were free of stuff that we should object to, stuff that we shouldn't be seeing, stuff we shouldn't be thinking about. Yeah. 90% of them have things that Christians have no business in, in, in allowing to enter their mind. Okay. Um. So let's get into what some of these areas where we think a lot of concern has to be uh, exercised. One of the reasons why this is such an important topic, James, is because it affects almost everybody. Because almost 100% of the homes in America have at least one television set. Mm -hmm. It's not 100%. Some people object just on moral grounds and don't have televisions. We know that. But... Primarily, every home in America has a TV. And 98%. 98%. So, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, it's a very rare exception if someone doesn't have a television set. And today, it's not because you can't afford one. When I was a kid, people, some people didn't have TVs because they couldn't afford them. Right. You know, uh, now, I mean, you can get a television set for a little of nothing right. at Walmart. Right. So anybody that wants a television set has a television set. It's yeah. People who don't have them don't have them on the basis of, I think, a proper moral uh, objection is not because they're unavailable. They're available. They're widely available. Right, 
Right. That's one of the few things in this world that has gotten less expensive over time. Yes. You know, it used to be a color TV. Yeah. When color TVs were new, well, you'd have to be a millionaire to have color TV. You know, that's, yeah. that's whatever. You got a color TV? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because they were so expensive. Well, now they practically give them. My in laws tell a story that when they were newly married, uh, there was another newly married couple in town, and they had one television set between the couples, and they they they'd go to each other's house and bring the TV. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, that's how that's how rare they were back yeah, then. Yeah, but it's yeah. not that way now yeah. for sure. Yeah. So let's start out. Uh, first of all, uh, one of the things that I think Christians have got to be concerned about is how much time is lost in the in the engagement of television. In other words, you are, you are sitting there in front of the television set, and therefore the time that you are spending there is time that you can't spend doing something else. You know, there are lots of things that need to be done, some, yeah. some of them just, you know, physical things yeah. that need to be right. pursued, right. a lot of spiritual things that need to be pursued. But how often do all of us use the excuse, I've just been really busy. You know? yeah. I just haven't had time to get around to that. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what, you could probably free up all the time you need if you stayed off of the television. Yeah. Uh, some some statistics I've got here indicate that the average American watches over seven hours of TV every day. Yeah. In fact, if you want to put that in perspective, there's only – this has been true for a long time. There's only one thing that Americans do more of each day than watch TV. Yes. You know what it is? Uh, that would be sleeping. Sleeping. But not we're not sleeping as much probably because of the television. Yeah, yeah. The only thing we do more than watch TV as Americans on average is uh, is sleep. Now, your figure says seven hours. I have another figure from uh, from Nielsen from 1998. A little bit less than that, almost four hours, three hours and 46 minutes. Either way you slice it, it's, it's a lot of time. Yeah. You know, I have heard various figures on that over time. My, I, I need to uh, – in the next break, I need to bring my uh, – I didn't. I didn't bring my sources here for my stats, so I'll have to get those. Um, anyhow, if it's if it's if it's just three hours and forty six minutes a day number, that's fifty two days a year spent watching TV. Almost two months solid of nonstop t- TV watching. Yeah. Uh, and by the age sixty five, the average American will have spent nearly nine years, or fourteen percent of their life, watching television. Isn't that amazing? I mean, when you put it in perspective of the percentage of time you would spend. Out of your life. Out of your life. You know, so what, 14, 15% is about what, uh, one-sixth, approximately yeah. one-sixth of your life right. spent watching TV? One-sixth. Uh, the average television in America in each household is on seven hours and 12 minutes every day. That's the average television. One-year-olds watch an average of six hours of television. That's the thing. The youngsters are watching much more television than the adults. And, you know, there's, there's been quite a bit of new information uh, available even within the last year or so, indicating that the damaging effects of of lots of television watching by uh, by young children, by preschoolers and so forth. It, it actually, I'm, and we're not talking about from a moral perspective. We're talking about it from a developmental perspective. It it has has a lot of negatives. And here's another one: 66% of Americans eat tel- television or why eat dinner while they're watching television. 66%. So there's there's no there's no time to talk with your children about God and spiritual things, and uh, it's a one in four chance if you're an average American that you'll fall asleep with the television on at least three nights this week. Is that right? Yeah, time Here, when you could be considering spiritual things, you're going to fall asleep with the television on. Here's what Anthony uh, sent us by email concerning this loss of time. He says the Bible is full of warnings about wasting time. We are told to redeem the time, and we are admonished that life is short like a vapor. The parable of the ten virgins comes to mind as well. We need to be prepared to meet the Lord, and frittering away our time does not help us to be prepared. Television is one of many modern traps that can quickly suck up our time. And if you consider actual TV programming these days, the actual content is so thin. With 24-hour wall-to-wall programming, producers are struggling to fill the hours of the day, so they are putting less content into more time than ever before. Most time is spent with teasers and rehashing of material. Uh, as with many leisure activities, television can consume more time than it should, and it can do so craftily. Hours pass without you realizing it. Yeah, I, I think that's well said. And I, and and 
he alluded to to a verse that I was thinking of along those lines, Jacob, in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. I think passages like that suggest to us that God holds us accountable, that we're responsible for the the wise use, the stewardship of the time that we have. Now, obviously, there are some things that, you know, you, you have, the Bible teaches us to work, to earn a living. So most people can't, pursue, you know, are limited in the, in the pursuit of, say, reading their Bible or prayer or visiting or teaching the lost during those hours when they have to work to support themselves. Mm-hmm. Most people are limited, in at least to an extent, during those hours. But after you're off work... Then those hours that you have are especially precious, and yet those are the hours that get wasted with TV too often. All right. And uh, you know, talk about the things that get overlooked. How often do we hear, well, I'm just too busy to study my Bible. I just can't get around to it. I, you I know, need to, I, I've been I've... wanting to do that daily Bible reading thing, but I just don't have the time. Now, let's use my numbers. My numbers are more conservative than yours, uh, three hours and 46 minutes a, a day. So right at four hours, say. Now, now you read faster now. Do you say you can do your daily Bible reading so that you get through the whole Bible in a year? And you say it takes you about ten to fifteen minutes. Yeah, you're faster now. It takes me about thirty, thirty-five. Well, you must be falling asleep between verses. No, no, no. I'm just not as fast a reader as you are. But uh, and maybe you're skimming. Are you skimming? <laughs> uh, you uh, know, when I get into uh, into some of those long well, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, passages with names of yeah. you know what, what, what word am I looking for? Genealogy. Yes, yes. I do skim some of the genealogy. I don't try to pronounce all the words. (laughs) Well, anyhow, let's say it takes you 30 minutes. I mean, can you find that if you get rid of the three hours and 46 minutes a day that you're watching? You you would think so. You would think so. Yeah. All right, let's go to a break. When we get back, what's next? We're going to talk about materialism as TV teaches. See, that's one of the things that we probably... Jeff Jeff is running the board, and he says, uh, uh, I've also seen people who don't have TV, but through Netflix and other things like this are opposed... That are opposed to TV, but some things seen on these are just the same. We need to make sure we stay consistent and don't think that because there is another method, we don't have to be on guard. Okay, Good so you, point. you're saying yeah. the delivery method doesn't matter is what right. you're saying. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be over the rabbit ears. Or, right. Yeah, okay. All right. uh, good point, Jeff. Good, Jeff. Uh, when we get back, materialism, that's probably one thing that people don't think about uh, when they think about the dangers of television. We'll take that on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Don't touch that mouse. The Virtual Bible Study will be back right after this. I'm Greg Gwynn, a host of the Virtual Bible Study. Thanks for joining us for tonight's program. The Virtual Bible Study is presented weekly by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Each week on the Virtual Bible Study, we simply engage in the study of God's Word in an effort to better understand it, better understand how God views us, and better understand what He wants from us in our lives. We're not studying any creeds. We're not studying any books written by men. We're just studying the Bible. And we're trying to study the Bible alone without any of our opinions or wisdom mixed in. We're only interested in what our Creator has revealed to to us in his word. We realize that we're fallible and cannot direct our own steps. As a result, what we think or feel doesn't really matter. All that matters is what God has said. So that's what the virtual Bible study is all about. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Thanks again for joining us tonight, and we we'll hope you'll make plans to join us every Thursday night for the virtual Bible study. Here's some quotes worth pondering. The greatest fault is to be conscious of none but other people's. We usually admire the other fellow more after we have tried to do his job. When you talk, you repeat what you already know. When you listen, you often learn something. There are some whose faith is not strong enough to bring them to services, but they expect it to take them to heaven. Man, wish I'd said that. Use your internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now, back to the program. We're back on the program tonight. Thank you for joining us as we talk about television and the influence it has on us. That's the danger is that it's influencing us, and it's influenced us very subtly. These people who over 80% believe that uh, that the government should not have any laws uh, controlling sexual conduct. 55% believe adultery is not sinful or wrong. Uh, that These people who are presenting this programming to us are gradually, and the devil doesn't have to do much. He just has to gradually influence our thinking away from the Scriptures and just corrupt our thinking ever so slightly. And just he just has to present sin to us over and over and over again uh, to where we believe it's not all that bad, and then he's got us where we want us. Okay. All right, go. Let's go to the next thing that should be a concern to us. Now, in other words, what we're doing, we're listing concerns that I think Christians are being foolish if they don't 
at least factor these into their decision making. And one of them is the materialistic influence of TV. It's been pointed out that, uh, you know, of course, commercials are are the driving force of television. They they're they're the the, the main income the source air, yeah. for those who are producing TV. Yeah. Uh, and so, obviously, com- the television viewing is just filled with commercial watching, mm-hmm. and the commercials typically make us want things. Yeah. That's what they're designed to do. I mean, if they're if they're good commercials. They make us want yeah. what they're selling. You know, that guy comes on with a deep voice uh, telling you about the new sports car. At the end of it, you say, but your sports car, your car's fine. Yeah. So, full, full grain, right. Corinthian leather. Yeah, yeah. But your old vinyl seats are just fine. Don't you worry know, about it. You know, they found out that the guy, what was that guy's name? He was a, he was a famous actor at the time who uh, was advertising for Chrysler, and he talked about Corinthian leather. There is no such thing. That was just a, that was just a phrase that was coined to make it sound really desirable, like luxurious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, yeah, yeah, they don't come on and say, "Now we want to tell you about our new product," but there's no reason in the world why you need it. Yeah, you need to be content with the one you've got. Yeah. All right. Uh, and of course, even if beyond the the uh, commercials, Jacob, the 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 most popular shows typically depict materialism as glorified and normal. Uh, you know, you, you see wealthy individuals in very luxurious and glamorous settings. Uh, the game shows suggest you could get rich overnight, get something for nothing. And so all of it is is meant to sort of stimulate the desire for more stuff. Yeah. And again, the Bible warns us about that outlook on life. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 8. Imagine this scrolling. You know, they, they have those that fast... Uh, Talk at the end of the commercials. Can you imagine the announcer coming on and and in, in, in his fast voice saying, uh, "And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content." Yeah. You're not going to hear that on the commercial, but that's what the scriptures tell you to how, how yeah. to view things. Yeah, Jesus said in Luke 12:15, "Take heed and beware of covetousness. A man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesseth." Anthony in the chat room says, uh, "One way to think of traditional TV and satellite and cable is that it's a huge pipeline right into your living room for the delivery of corporate propaganda." And uh, of course, he's talking about advertisements. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, there, there's some. By the way, there's some crosstalk going on in the chat room as to how you might be able to watch on your uh, watch the virtual Bible study on your iPhone and also be able to view the chat room. Uh, and if any of you have that problem, you might get in there, and, and some of them are trying to discuss how that might be a doable thing. Anthony's also chimed in an email. He says, I think most TV watchers will tell you that commercials are a massive headache. No one likes commercials, but the more we have our TV on, the more we're bombarded consciously and subconsciously with messages telling us we need more, 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 and that we what we have isn't good enough. This isn't. This is the complete opposite of how we should approach our material blessings. We are to be content with what we have and on guard against the love of money. Thank you, Anthony. Exactly right. I think that one's pretty straightforward, but I, but I do think it's an area where a lot of Christians are not spending too much time thinking about it, Jacob. Mm. You know, not, not thinking about that. That probably the TV has been as great an influence toward materialism as anything that's ever come down the, the, the pike. Sure. Because it makes us want more. We're not content with what we have. So that's got to be a concern. I mean, is that going to influence what, what you watch, how much you watch, and so forth? Well, Maybe it should be. Yep. The All next right. one, Jacob, is an important one. We want to talk about evil language and uh, what we're hearing of it on uh, uh, TV. And uh, it is uh, the language has gotten very, um, very. Uh, have you got some stats on that? I don't have. I had stats. one. In old, one. I had an old one where a group. Um, some of you have yep. heard of Donald. I've got, I've got some here. Go ahead. Some of you heard of Donald Wildman, a Methodist preacher from Mississippi, who started a cleanup TV campaign years ago, and, and it's evolved in some new ways and new directions. But the guy's still operating out there trying to clean up media content in America, and uh, they they just monitored TV programming from one TV season to the next, and this was several years ago. But in one year's time, they documented what they claimed was a 140% increase in profanity from one television viewing season to the next. Um, you know, I, I've challenged people, if you don't think that this is an issue, 
then you've probably gotten to the point where it's not registering with You're you. You're desensitized. So what you should do is sit down with a pad of paper and a pencil some night when you do, and you choose the shows you're going to watch, you know, whatever you watch. Every time you hear uh, a curse word, God's name taken in vain, any kind of foul language, just make a tick mark on your, on your pad. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of your evening of television watching, add them up. If you don't think it's a problem, do, do your own survey. Yeah. Well, uh, along those lines, Anthony is in the chat room. Anthony does not have a television. Um, and he says, we used to visit relatives who liked to watch the news, which everyone thinks the news is usually clean. He said, but the commercials were just nuts. We had to request that they keep the TV off. Anthony has become resensitized by getting rid of the television, and that that will happen to you as well if you get rid of the television and then you come back and watch these. You see these commercials and you see uh, the uh, language and the other things on television. You'll it'll hit you in the face. Whereas you get bombarded with it constantly, you don't realize it. But you know what also happens? You do get desensitized to it. But what happens if you hear that kind of language consistently? It re- begins to register in your own subconscious mind. Yes. An illustration I've used before, back when I was a, a high school student, I worked one summer. I actually think I was maybe first or second year of college. I worked one summer as a carpenter's helper. And the carpenter that I worked for every day, really good carpenter, a cabinet maker and a carpenter, and he could do just about anything with a piece of wood. Mm-hmm. But he was the worst cusser I have ever been around. I mean, and this is not an exaggerated. He could not say a sentence without a cuss word in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, working with him all summer, by the end of the summer, those words were popping into my mind. Right. You know, so it, it has that effect as well. Yep. Yep. Uh, this My, my study, study from 2007 shows uh, that there are um, 76.4 of the pro, 76.4% of all programs airing in the family hour on television contained foul language. Here's, That's when you have your family sitting around. 76% of the programs are going to have foul language in them. That's 2007. It's worse now, no doubt. Yeah. Here, here's uh, uh, the Bible warning on that. Matthew 12:34, beginning, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say to you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. You know, a lot of people would act like, well, that's not that big of a deal. We should have to worry so much about words. But Jesus said you're going to be judged based on words. And they come out of your heart. Yeah. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 8, those things that proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart. Ephesians 4, verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. Uh, we've got to be careful about what goes into our ears because it will come out of our mouths, and uh, and God wants us to be careful of what we hear. In the chat room, John in Oklahoma says, David wrote, I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall away. It will not. It shall not cling to me. And then he, then John asked, I wonder what he would have thought of the television. Well, that's the thing we need to think about because uh, God hates the things that we're watching for entertainment. And how can we say that we're godly when we watch these things and we take pleasure and we get entertainment out of watching the things that are disgusting uh, to God? We need to think about that. Is our, are our thoughts lining up with what God says? Um, in regards to the evil language, Anthony has sent an email. He says, Colossians 3.8 condemns filthy communication out of your mouth. If we're being entertained by programming filled with profanity, we are searing our consciences such that we begin not to notice it anymore. Our defenses are whittled away, and we may very well be tempted to use some of the language we are filling our minds with. I think that's right. I think that's exactly right. All right. Well, it's time for a break. Have we got the English, have we covered the evil language? Yeah. Let's talk about uh, immorality when we get back. What about that? Now, there's some shocking statistics, uh, some shocking programs that are on prime time network television these days uh we'll talk about that uh if you haven't decided you need to turn your television off for good yet uh maybe the next thing we talk about will help you think that way uh we'll take a break at this week's bullet point when we get back uh the discussion continues don't go anywhere the virtual bible state continues right after this these guys are doing all of the talking we need to hear from you call in now the virtual bible study continues right after this this is greg Wynn with this week's bullet point Our bullet point this week comes from the pen of Irvin Himmel. Newspaper reports regularly tell of scientific discoveries and postulations. Sometimes these reports are given a sensational flavor. 
In many cases, what is reported is nothing more than a new theory that some scientist has advanced. A thousand other reputable men of science may disagree with the new hypothesis or supposition, but no mention is made of that. The news release grabs the reader's attention by saying, quote, scientists now believe, according to Dr. Blank of University Blank. And whatever the assumption may be, and regardless of how far-fetched, the report is graced with scientific and technical terminology. The tragedy is that many people have put such faith in science and not in God that they believe such reports. Science has become a magic word. Bring on your assumptions in the name of science and the gullible world will swallow them. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Hello. Hey, Matt. No, I don't have any plans for Friday night. What are you doing? Oh, I won't be able to go with you to watch that movie. Because, Matt, the movie is rated R. Hey, why don't you just come over and hang out at my house Friday night? Great, I'll see you there. Being pleasing to God means that you may have to be different than the crowd. But don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. You just might find that it's easier than what you expect. A message brought to you by College of Church of Christ. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. And we're back on the program tonight. We thank you for joining us. Uh, the number again to call is 877-381-4567. We'll remind you this program is brought to you by College U Church of Christ. Find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. If you've never been there, you can find out good information about what we believe and what we practice at the College U Church of Christ, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. We welcome your thoughts anytime, your comments, your questions, maybe your objections with what you've heard on the program. Questions at collegeu.com is the email address to use. Talking about television on the program and the influence of it on us it's a subtle influence i'm afraid that it's not a well you know but becoming less subtle well less subtle but it's in your face but we like to think that we got a stone wall that that is impervious but it does get softened and weakened over time yeah it's deceptive it is a deceptive influence there you go uh we want to talk about the influence the evil influence of the immorality shown on tv yes uh, the, associate, the Associated Press reported that the National Federation of Decency monitored, monitored 762 hours of primetime TV. So that's a lot of TV, 762 hours of primetime. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's what they found out. 88% of all the sexual relationships that were either depicted or implied to exist – you know, some were graphically shown, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Others were simply implied to exist between two people. In 88% of the instances, those two people were not married to each other. Yes. All right. So, you know, what does that what does that tell what you? What percentage did you have? 88%. Uh, okay. What are you showing? Are you showing something different on that same stat? Well, I do. I mean, it's it's you know, it's just going to be who takes the, who does the study. But this is from 2000. It's a little bit old. 2000. Um, the Center for Media and Public Affairs found that uh, sexual content is found once every four minutes on network television. Oh yeah, well, that, I'm sure that's true. I'm just uh, saying and, uh, that. Uh, in, 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 I got more. Oh, okay. That 98 percent of all sexual content had no subsequent physical consequences. So it's you know, no consequences to your activity. 98 percent of them. Eighty-five percent of sexual behavior had no lasting emotional impact, and nearly seventy-five percent of the participants in the sexual activity were unmarried. So th- three out of four. Yeah, this is mine saying eighty-eight. You're saying seventy-five. So, I mean, yeah, at least it's it's the vast majority of of the depictions of involvement, intimate involvement between individuals. The vast majority, by anybody's stat, the vast majority of those are between people who are not married. Each other. Here's something that's even maybe more shocking. In a uh, 2001 study, uh, the average American adolescent will view nearly 14,000 sexual references per year on television. Amazing. And then you're telling them to behave. Uh, well, but here's the question. So what's normal? Yeah. No, I want to be normal, right? right. I, I want to yeah. fit in. I right. don't want to stand out from the crowd. I want to be. I, I want to do what everybody else is doing. What's everybody else doing? Yep. Well, they're they're having intimate relations outside of marriage, yep. right? So why would our teen why would we be surprised to know that our teenagers have little resistance to that sort of temptation? Because the message they're getting consistently is everybody's doing that, yeah. And if you don't do that, you're a weirdo. You're some kind of weirdo. Yep. Seventy five percent of primetime television 
in the 1999 to 2000 season included sexual content. I'm sure it's much higher than that. 75% of primetime television included that. One out of every seven programs includes a portrayal of sexual intercourse. Uh, One out of seven programs on television today. So, I mean, mean, the stats are just stunning. The stats are just stunning. But, of course... But we're trying to be we're trying to be unspotted by the world that we live in. We're trying. Well, what, but but here's the thing. I mean, it's not just that it's not just that it wears us down over time. It's that the in, instant of viewing that is wrong. You know, remember Jesus' words in Matthew five verse twenty eight: If a man looks on a woman to lust after her, he hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. You don't think that happens when we watch TV and see that kind of stuff on TV? Yeah. Well, of course it does. Yeah, and so. It's not just that our resistance to temptation in general is worn down. That specific act of watching has caused us to sin already. All right. And, uh, you know, it didn't, it didn't have any effect. Think about the morality in our country. Think about the acceptance of homosexuality, for example. And what, it's, it's getting, we're get, people are getting just blasted with it in the media today. Yeah, and and it has. You, having, you you mean to tell me you're against homosexuality? Well, yeah, but you you. Well, you're a weirdo, right? Because it's constantly in your in your face on the television, and people are starting to think, well, I guess it's not that bad after all. Yeah, in fact, now the sitcoms are all about that. You know, the sitcoms deal with all these uh, homosexual relationships. You know, it's really supposed to be funny, I guess. You know, it's so normal. I mean, it's yeah. not bad. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, Anthony says something interesting in the chat room. He says, I believe that if folks would do an experiment in which they watch no TV for a few weeks, a month, et cetera, they will find that they don't miss it at all and are actually much happier. We want to talk more at the end of, the, of our discussion. We're going to have to hurry, by the way, Jacob, but about the possibility of just doing away with TV. A lot of people think that, that is a radical step. We have one email we want to deal with along those lines. Uh, but Jacob, you don't have a TV. Anthony doesn't have a TV. Uh, through the years, I've gone through several experiments of not having it. We're in the present. We're presently in one of those episodes where we banned TV completely. Just have it. You used to do that when we were kids, and yeah. uh, you know, you probably. I think you were you were um, probably bracing for revolt when you did that. But we actually enjoyed it when you put it away. Yeah, I mean, and I think you kids missed it less than I did. I've yeah. always been sort of a TV addict if I let myself be. Yeah. And so you got to watch it. You got to be careful. Yeah. And and I think that, that the experiment that Anthony suggests, if you've not done that in your home, we'll talk more at the end of the program. If you've not done that, you need to try that. Yeah. But but yep. certainly immorality is a great issue. Uh, uh, quickly, Jacob, we're uh, let's try to get through. Nick, Nick was here last week. He did that uh, a few years ago on I, sort of I guess an experiment. And there's still no television in their home. Yeah. Uh, and, and you you need to try it. Yeah. And you need to give it time to get it out of your system and uh, and time to establish other habits. And when you do, I, th- I mean, I think you I, – I don't think there will be much uh, temptation for you to pr- bring it back. Yeah. Um, all right. And I, we can't – just as a person, as a testimonial here, but, I mean, we can't imagine how we would have time, since we filled that time with other things, how we would have time for the television to fit back into that schedule now. Okay. Going all the way back to our first point, just time factor. Right, right. All right, let's talk about violence. You know, a lot of people think violence is not an issue. You know, the, 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 I, I've even heard Christians say, well, it's, it's, it's not bad, it's just violence. Just know? violence, that's right. Yeah, well, it's R-rated, but it's just violence. That's not yeah. a big deal, it's just violence. Yeah. But, yeah, tell it to God. We've been warned about the influence. I mean, even, even non-religious authorities indicate that watching violence causes us to act out violently. I got a report from the National Institute of Mental Health Television behavior, they concluded, after 10 more years of research, the consensus among most of the research community is that violence on television does lead to aggressive behavior by children and teenagers who watch the program. No kidding. They they had to do 10 additional years of research to come to that conclusion. They didn't, they didn't get it. You know, <laughs> They're slow. What do you have to do? You just ask parents. If your kids watch mean stuff on TV, does it make them act out aggressively? And any parent would say, well, sure it does. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Uh, Here's here's an you were talking about is what kids are exposed to, and this this is a little this is an old stat. Okay, I got a new one. How many how many murders or violent deaths would a child be witness to 
by the time they graduate from high school. I've got that number. My number is newer than yours, so you tell me, and we'll see how, how it's getting worse. i got one that says 13,000. Uh, mine's from 1996. It says 16,000, so it's getting worse. Yeah, oh, sure, it's getting worse. 16,000 Now, that, you're gonna, think, your, your, your child is going to witness 16,000 murders. murders. Now, how many would a person normally see in a lifetime? Right. I've never seen one. What, what if, what if, what if your, your kid was to witness a, a murder outside your house? You're, you're, you, they did that tonight. They witnessed a murder. How many people would have a for sale sign in their yard tomorrow? We're getting out of here. We don't want our My kids to see that. My kid saw a guy get shot right in front right of Right there. House. Blood was coming out with a gun. Shot. <laughs> yeah. We're getting out of here. But they're watching 16,000 on the television. Yeah. yeah. No, in other words, here, here I am at my old age in life. I have never personally witnessed a murder, but I have seen it plenty of times on TV. Yeah. Right? Uh Anthony says, in the interest of full disclosure, I do have DVDs of carefully selected TV shows from yesteryear, like The Cosby Show, and we occasionally rent carefully selected movies. My concern with TV is the constant nature of it and the mostly evil nature of the content. I think you're right, Nikki. Or Nikki. Nikki's in there, too. Nikki says she agrees. Anthony, I'm glad my family's not exposed to the disgusting sinfulness that is called entertainment. All right. And so I think we're on the same page there. All right. But violence violence is an issue. You know, and I won't take time to read it because we're short on time, but, you know, you might reference the last verses of Romans chapter 12 there. God's word teaches us to be peaceable people. Yep. If it be possible, so much as life within you, be at peace with all men. Yeah. But the, the TV teaches, on the other hand, you made me mad. I'm gonna shoot you. You know, be violent. You know, road rage and all that kind. Of, where do you think that comes from? And what does it do? What what kind of values does it teach us uh, for human life? Does it doesn't show the value of human life uh, even at, at, you know at the very least? We've got to say that it doesn't have the, it doesn't show us the type of value we should have on the lives of others as God would have it. Okay, real quick, I want to do this one that maybe some people were befuddled by. Uh, we did we get. Uh, Anthony says this is definitely an area I think that can fly under the radar, talking about violence. As Christians, we should avoid violence in our lives. We are to do good unto all men. And certainly Jesus taught the idea of turning the other cheek. We are not to seek revenge, and we are told to live peaceably with all men. Violence sells advertisements and movie tickets. Unfortunately, in my view, the horrific gore and violence in our media, especially video games, where players get to actually act it out or directly contributing to the actual violence in our society. Remember, we, inv- we interviewed that guy who was very convinced that uh, these violent video games are leading to the school shootings and things like that. Yeah, yeah. What what did I mean when I talked about the entertainment addiction? You know, by virtue of TV, we have sort of become addicted to being constantly, have something constantly stimulating our senses in the entertainment mode. You know? Yeah. So much so that when a commercial comes on TV, what do you do? Well, you surf the channels looking for something else because you can't sit still through a commercial. You gotta, you gotta, man, you gotta have some entertainment. And entertainment of whatever form you desire is available on TV. Just go out and look for it. It's there. But the problem is with that, because we've allowed ourselves to become addicted to that entertainment, is that now things that are more important seem dull or boring. For instance, a church service. Mm-hmm. You know. I just, uh, it's just so boring to me. Bible class is just so boring. Yeah. You know, because the TV has great special effects and all kinds of things that are meant to just capture your attention. And so it's hard for people to focus. I think it's been proven psychologically that people's attention spans have been shortened dramatically because of TV and we, because we've, be, we've, grown addicted to entertainment. And I think there are uh, some studies that show this is especially hazardous to children as their brains are developing this, yeah. the constant stimulation like this. Yeah. Uh, um, David said in Psalm 122, verse 1, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. A lot of people are not because in going to the house of worship, they are forced to leave their TV and they're missing their programs. Yeah. Oh, but they got TiVo and they've got all kinds of DVRs and they can, they can capture it and watch it when they get that's right. And uh, Anthony says, I would say at risk of contradiction that any activity that gives us pleasure can become addictive, some more than others. Of course, TV is no different. It is definitely habit-forming if we don't keep it in check. Uh, Paul taught that we should not allow ourselves to be brought under the power of anything. Thank you for that. I think, that's, a good, I think that's a good and important passage. Don't allow yourself to be brought under the power of anything. Don't allow anything to have that kind of control over you, and TV certainly does. All right, uh, TV is powerful. If I'm in a restaurant or doctor's office with a TV playing, I find myself repeatedly looking at it. It's uh, literally addictive because it stimulates the brain. And I have to keep trying to keep the kids' 
attention away from it so we can enjoy a family meal out. Yeah. All right. Exactly. That's how, that happens with our All right. Our let's let's too. take our last break, and when we get back, let's talk about how. what are you going to do to control it well, in your home. There's clearly a danger here. And I don't think that anyone who is being honest with themselves can say a Christian can just overlook the danger. There has to be some proactive steps and measures taken in order to keep the influence from influencing us. So what are you going to do about it when we get back from the other side of the break? Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. Tonight on Channel 8 WSIN, it's TV like you've never seen it before. Starting at 8, it's TV's funniest new comedy, Fornication in the City, and Marie has been misbehaving again. Guess what? I just cheated on my husband. He doesn't even know about it. (laughs) And then at 8.30, it's the show that's setting the standard. You won't want to miss this week's I Love This World, where Bob makes a great announcement. Well, I think it's time you knew the truth. I'm gay. (laughs) And at 9 o'clock, it's the show that Television Magazine has called the number one drama for murder and violence. You won't want to miss this week's In Cold Blood to see who will be the next to be gunned down. It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock on Channel 8 WSIN. I'm Greg Gwynn reminding you that sin is a terrible thing and that those who are entertained by watching others sin fall under the condemnation of God that is mentioned in Romans 128. Be careful what you watch on television because in spite of what the devil wants you to think, sin is always sin and it's never funny. Consider this. James P. Needham said, The church today is suffering from a famine of hearing the word of the Lord. Not because the word of the Lord is unavailable, but because preachers won't preach it and many won't hear it. Paul said people would, quote, heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, 2 Timothy 4, verse 3. Just as surely as there are those with itching ears, there will be preachers who will be willing to scratch them. The law of supply and demand comes into play in religion as well as in the commercial world. As long as there are people who demand ear-tickling preaching, there will be preachers who will supply it. I think you'll agree that's worth considering. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. And we're back on the program. Thank you for joining us as we go to the top of the hour talking about television. Well, we have we barely scratched the surface of uh, of all the dangers that are out there. But the question now uh, that remains is, what are we going to do about it? Yeah, you know, um, I've made the point before. There have been collective efforts to try and clean up TV. Different groups have tried to organize, even some churches of Christ. Uh, there was one in Cookville, Tennessee, years ago that, that organized a nationwide clean-up TV effort. Really? Uh, how, how much good has that done? Uh, well, not, not so much. No. Because TV just keeps getting worse and worse. I, I had a friend who said uh, trying to clean up TV – uh, by one of these kind of campaigns is the rough equivalent to trying to divert the flow of the Mississippi River using a hand shovel. Yeah. You know, you're not going to do it. That river is yeah. going that way, yeah. and you're not going to change it. Yeah. And and, and so we got to understand that's what's happening, and so we've got to control it in our own home. I mean, that's the first the first line of defense at least, right? Yeah, and you got a sermon here. I remember this sermon from probably, what was it, 1983 maybe? something. Well, at the end of it, you have this, and this used to send chills down the spine of a young child listening. The, the, very, the very real possibility may be that the day is fast approaching we may not be able to watch television at all. Yeah. I thought, oh, that's going to be terrible. Yeah, this but, what, that, but don't you imagine that, uh, that if it was that bad in 1983 that maybe the time has come and passed? Anthony says, just to be brief, turn it off. You may save some money at the same time. I think that's true. At the very least, you've got to use discretion. I mean, at the least, you've got to use discretion, right? You, you can't just let it use, be used uh, w- without regard for content. I mean, so uh, someone has suggested these things, and these are not my thoughts. These are some suggestions that I had heard others make. Watch what's most consistent with biblical principles of conduct. In other words, you, you, you know the shows. You know what they're like. Uh, pick ones that that you have some confidence in. Don't just have it on indiscriminately. Choose, get out the guide or look ahead, see what's on 
uh, and then choose to watch certain shows and, and choose not to watch other shows. But you got to be, you got to watch. Of course, the problem, as uh, I think Nikki mentioned in the chat room, is the commercials. So, you know, uh, I forget that's that's been back a while. Yeah. But but you know, the, the, even if you're watching a fairly decent program, then these awful commercials for what's coming on later uh, are flashed in your face, and so. Yeah, Nikki said if there is a clean show on TV, I'm pretty sure at least one of the commercials playing at the breaks or not. Yeah. So use discretion. Uh, if something pops up that's not right, even as you've exercised your best discretion in choosing uh, decent programming, if something pops up that's not right, don't let that pass without commenting about it, especially if your children are there. So, you know, that's not right, and we're, we disagree with that. Someone said discourage TV viewing by only owning one TV set, which I thought was kind of interesting. You know, these days, lots of homes have, you know, who knows how many different TVs. Everybody's got one in their own room, uh, you know, in, in the family room, in the kitchen, in the living room, and, uh, and in each bedroom. And so if you don't like what's on in one room, you go to another room and you watch TV. Everybody's watching their own choice of things they want to watch on TV. Of course, what that does is just up the, the frequency or possibility of something bad being watched. I knew a, I knew a woman, a member of the Lord's Church. She had a teenage son, and she let him have a TV in his own room. Two out of three t- uh, kids today have the TV in their own room. And she said, I'm really worried about what he's watching. I go by his room at night, and I listen. He's got his door shut, but I listen to what. She said, I think he's watching some really bad stuff. I said, I said why has he got a TV in his room? Well, he paid for it with his own money. Uh, well, so what? Yeah. So you know, so he's got a poisonous snake in his own room that he bought with his own money. You gonna let that continue? Yeah. yeah. You know, but he's buying drugs with his own money. So I guess he, I gotta let him take him. He, yeah. he bought him with his own money. Yeah. What a crazy yeah. argument! So limit the time your family watches TV. Uh, no, we're saying we're just gonna watch one hour tonight. We're not gonna have it on until this program that we chose to watch comes on. And when that program goes off, we're gonna turn the TV off. Can you do that? You know, you could do that. Uh, someone suggested never turn TV on just for background noise because what happens if it's just over in the corner playing, pretty soon it sucks you in and captures you and you end up watching. Mm-hmm. And then consider that test that Anthony suggested earlier. Turn it off. Just, you know, for say, we're not going to have TV on now for the next month. Yeah. See how that goes. The, the first week will be the hardest. The second will get easier. The third will be easier than that. And by the time the fourth week rolls around, you won't even miss it. Try that. You know, see if you can control TV by just simply not having it. And Jared in the chat room, I think Jared is another one that we'd have to put on the list who doesn't have television. He says, how much worse does it need to get before we turn it off? What's the unacceptable limit? Yeah. And I Where don't know. You... If we haven't passed it yet. I don't know if we ever will. I think that's right. I think you're right, Jared. Um, before a program... Ask these here's some suggestions I ask along these lines. What would you? What ideas would you have to help before, during, and after a program? Ask yourself some questions before a program. Will watching this program represent responsible stewardship of my time? Why am I considering watching uh, this program? What has this program been like in the past? Is this a good way to be informed or entertained? While the program is on, what moral values are promoted or undermined? Is God's name profaned? Is vulgar language used? Is violence glorified? Is sex exploited? Are alcohol and other drugs glamorized or taken for granted? Does this program make me more trusting or more suspicious of others? Here's a great one. Would I like for Christ to be sitting here with me watching this program and then know, of course, that he is there knowing what you're watching on the program? After the program, ask, am I a better person for having watched this program? Was this a program that encouraged morality or immorality? Should I consider watching this program again? Why or why not? How can I use this experience to honor God and help others? You know, those are, you know, the, I think the after the program decisions are, are, are questions and decisions are sort of important. You, so you, ch- you tried to choose to watch a decent program, but it turned out not being decent. Right. Do you have the moral character to say, I will never watch that show again? I got caught this time, but I won't get caught again. If you don't have that kind of strength, then probably you shouldn't have a TV. If you can't discipline it and make choices about how it's to be used in your house, if you don't have the strength to be able to implement and carry out those choices, then you probably need to get it out. All right. Well, but what about the person as well? I just got to have the news. There's other ways to get news. 
Do you have to have the you news? Don't, you don't even have to have the news. The news is pretty discouraging anyway. All right. Uh, uh, we got an email from Stephen with some interesting questions. Stephen's worried that he's got some silly questions here. I don't I don't see any of them silly. I see that they're all valid questions that we need to consider. Let's ask him real quick and talk about them. Yeah. He said, in the past, you've stated that we shouldn't watch anything we wouldn't want our children to watch. You know, this is curious because my wife will look away when a man has his shirt off. Do you realize how many movies this will eliminate? Even Indiana Jones that I grew up with. But I've given serious thought to th- that I wouldn't want my children to see that either. And that even means getting rid of some Walt Disney films. What are your thoughts? You know, I, I, the way that Stephen composed that question, do you realize how many movies this will eliminate? You know, that I think that's sort of the impression a lot of get, people have. This is a reactionary idea. Get rid of TV. Don't watch TV. You know, or certainly don't watch as much TV. Oh. You, but, but what am I... I mean, that's what I do. Yeah, that's what I, we mean, always do. You mean we can't? We mean we? Yeah, it's like uh, entertainment is some type of. It's like food and water. Yeah, it's like the third necessary ingredient here. Yeah, but I would say, uh, yeah, get rid of those movies. You got to eliminate those movies. Hey, if these movies had a chance to uh, cause you to sin and uh, cause you to maybe risk your soul and health, would it be worth taking the chance? Are you gonna? Are we going to play with fire here so we can watch Indiana Jones and potentially transgress the law of God so we can watch it? Now, here's his next question. What if a movie utilizes one bad word? We don't want our children to use that word either, but would that be enough to get rid of the movie? Uh, Just one bad word. My answer to that would be another question. How many are you going to allow? Two? Three? Five? Ten? Where are you going to draw the line? I mean, if you're going to let one in... Well, could you let two in? Could you let ten in? Yeah. Why not just say, no, we're just not going to have... Or he, he mentions that there are some technologies that will blank out bad words in movies. Could you utilize something like that to get rid of... Yeah, I know parents who've done that. I mean, yeah. uh, th- that would be a minimum, I think. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, he goes on, my wife and I recently bought a two-pack where two movies are on the same disc. He mentions Babe and Babe Pig in the City. I don't know anything about those. He says, both are rated G. My wife and I were astonished to see a scene from Pig in the City where provocative immodesty was displayed, uh, women in bikinis and so forth. Obviously, we really did not appreciate that, but it's Tupac, man, and the first movie was clean. But then I think, what about our children possibly trying to watch it if we were gone and see something bad like that? What are your thoughts on this? Get rid of it. I'd say get rid of it. I mean, you know, I think Stephen's questions are asked in such a way that I think, I he, think knows he, answer. answers, yeah, yeah. he knows the answer. Yeah, he knows the answer. I'm glad he I'm glad he posed them though because because he, it proves he's thinking about it. Stephen, yeah. I encourage you to keep thinking along yeah, those lines because right. I think you're thinking right. And then uh, one last question: What are your thoughts on Veggie Tales? They tell biblical stories but do not relay them accurately. For example, their version of King David killing Uriah was that King David got. Uriah's rubber ducky, though King David himself had many rubber duckies of his own. What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm not a big VeggieTales fan. Uh, uh, I I have seen some of them. Uh, they're well done. I mean, they're, yeah, they are yeah. entertaining, but, uh, but I do have some questions. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to let you make your decision about that. Uh, obviously, we we do scale down Bible stories for the youngest children sometimes. Yeah. You know, we don't go in, in, into all the detail of all the stories uh, for children of young ages. And so I'm gonna, I think that's more of a judgment call. Okay. All right. He says, uh, he says, I've wasted so much money and time on media. It's such a bad investment. And that is a good uh, conclusion there. Uh, Stephen, I think you're right. And I think you're thinking in the right direction. And, uh, you know, Go all out. Don't go half-heartedly. Go all out. Wow. Yeah. All yeah. right. Pull the plug. Yeah. So, I think, it's, you know, I was looking, Jacob. We talked about television on the Virtual Bible Study in 07. Yeah. Not a long time ago. 2007. Yeah. It's gotten worse. It's gotten worse since 07. And, obviously, I think a topic that we really all I, – I, I, and I don't want to be a hypocrite about this. I'm, I'm, a, I'm one who craves to watch TV and – and I have to watch that, 
and and as I said, you know, even more more recently, we we engaged in an, at home another one of those periods where we say, okay, no TV, pull the plug on it. Maybe we could challenge our listeners to do that, and uh, maybe check in with us next week and let us know if you. Uh, yeah, if you know. think that that's reactionary, you know, uh, someone said, I don't know, that just seems so reactionary. I, I whenever talking about this. I like to be reminded of what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, and maybe we'll wrap up with this. Jesus said, Matthew five twenty nine: If thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. I like to paraphrase that. If your TV set offends thee, pluck it out. Unplug it. Cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that thy TV set should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. I think that'd be a fair application of the principle, don't you? Yeah. You know, you reminded me you had a paraphrase passage. I have a paraphrase, uh, Proverbs chapter 6, beginning verse 16. These six things doth the television producer love. Yea, seven bring higher ratings than two of them. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, and so on. And, uh, you know, uh, it is, well, it's diametrically opposed to what God would have us uh, to be thinking on. And, um, well, just ask your question. Get yourself a question and answer it honestly. Does the television cause you to stumble? Randy in the chat room says, just say no, turn it off. I think he's right. If the television causes you to stumble, and uh, it'd be hard to say that it doesn't, or at least cause you to think about things in ways that God disapproves, then by all means, get rid of it. Pluck it out. Yeah. All right. All right. That's, that's, that's our soapbox for the night, Jacob. All right. We appreciate you listening. Jeff, uh, you've been quiet, uh, but thank you for listening and for your comments, and thank you for being here, and thank you for joining us on the program. We hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. Take the challenge. Turn off the TV and let us know next week how it went. What are we going to call it, the Virtual Bible Study Challenge? The Virtual Bible Study Challenge. All right. right. See if you can do it. Anybody want to sign up, sign in, let us know in the chat room. Maybe send us an email. We'll look forward to you being back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.